ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, how's it going? It's going good, Daryl. Uh, just uh, another blessed day, man. Another great opportunity to talk sports. A lot of big stories out there, man. Big stories. Yeah, it is a lot of big stories, Sam. And um, I hate to open up with another sad story in the weekend of sports, but um, the Dallas Cowboys had a tragic loss uh, on their team this weekend. Um, looked like another situation with drunk driving, alcohol-related, um, DUI. It looked like a possible manslaughter. Um, charges have been um, pressed against um, Josh Dent, uh, Cowboy, um, Josh Brent, a Cowboys player. You know, uh, Josh Brandon, he, he's a young guy uh, out of the University of Illinois. And uh, his his former college teammate, Jerry Brown, they were the best of friends. And uh, you you know it's tough uh, when, you, when you make a, a bad decision. Uh, this isn't the first time that he's gotten behind the wheel after uh, having uh, – after being under the influence of alcohol in 2009, he was he also pleaded guilty uh, for being under the influence of alcohol. Was uh, suspended for 60 days uh, from the university. But uh, you know the young man Jerry Brown. This was his best friend. They were like brothers. Uh, so you know that uh, Josh is going through a tough time. And uh, you know a lot of times athletes feel that they're invincible, that it can't happen to them. I'm I'm sure that uh, Josh Brent just feels terrible about what happened but this is something that we can all definitely learn from yeah we, we definitely need to be able to learn from this however um sam um you know i think some of us have to really hone up and take some responsibility you know the nfl have a lot of a lot of things in place for players just like him that he could easily make a phone call or he i'm sure with a guy like him he calls a friend and say hey I'm in a situation, man, I've, I've had a few too many. I don't need to be driving. Someone will come and help him. You know, but I guess, man, and I know I'm probably going to be catching a little flag for this, but when you hear the story that um, Josh Brent was over helping his friend, Jerry Brown, it leads me to believe that Jerry was thrown from the vehicle. Now, if, in a lot of cases, I talked to a police officer once, a state trooper. He said, in a lot of cases... People are thrown from the vehicle. The vehicle rolls over them, and that's how they die. Now, I don't know if that's the situation with this. However, but if Jerry did not have his seatbelts on, how much of a responsibility do you think he's he has to be held to? Uh, you have to, um, you know, in Florida, it's the law that you have to click it or it's a ticket. But uh, you know, you're you're talking about a an an accident where alcohol was involved you know uh i i can just think about going into the meetings with coach dunsey and he always said you know he would come in <clears throat> he would come into the meeting and he would put up on the bulletin board on the on the big projector hey this guy got in trouble alcohol was involved it was late at night you know there, there's nothing good that comes out of drinking alcohol and getting behind the wheel and you know this guy this is a guy that at the least at the worst, he makes six figures, so he could afford cab fare. But the NFL has a they have a program in place where you can call, it's anonymous, and they'll send a driver to come out and, and pick you up if you've been drinking. Now a lot of a lot of 
a lot of these programs that are, that are set up by the NFL, they're fine and, uh, you know, they're supposed to help players, but there's a lot of insecurities on the players in the aspect that they feel that they're being spied on. That even though, uh, the NFL is saying that this is anonymous, this is something that's going to be held against them. And, and, you know, there is no excuse for drinking and getting behind the wheel. And, uh, and also today, I, I would like to commend, um, Rodney Harrison, who works for, um, NBC for coming out and saying that when he was younger, when he was 25, that he made that mistake of, of getting behind the wheel and drinking. Because again, you think you're invincible. Takeo Spikes, he came out and owned up to drinking at a young age. Larry Foote, uh, just came out and said that, you know, that, that they've all done it. And they're not making excuses and, and you have to be accountable. This is a new day. It, it is a new age where, you know, everything you do as an NFL athlete, you're being watched and monitored. It's just about making smart decisions. And I'm sure that Josh Brent, if he can have a do over, he would love to go back and, and call that taxi driver or call whomever that, that's set in place for them to bring his best friend back. You know, uh, th- this is tough. This is a young man who said that he wants to go to the mo- memorial for his teammate. And his family, uh, Josh Brown, Jerry Brown's family realized how close they were. So I think they're going to do the right thing and allow him to be there. Now, this is just speculation on my part, but the family know that these guys were like brothers. And, you know, everybody make mistakes. You know, there's there's millions of Americans that went out this weekend after hearing this story. And what did they do? They went to the bar or restaurant. They had too many drinks and they still got behind the wheel and, and they drove their car. And a lot of times when we, when we do this as human beings, we, it empowers us. It makes us think that we can do it again. And, and that's what I think leads to, to people making mistakes. You know, we, we have to take accountability and ownership of this and, and do the right thing. And call a taxi if we've had too much. Well, you know, Sam, um, I can almost guarantee you, if Josh was driving and he had had too many drinks, Jerry had definitely had too many drinks as well. You know, and I guess, and I, and I don't mean to bash a dead man, but I'm just saying, man, you and I both know if if I've had too many to drink and you haven't had 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 as many as I had, I'd be more than happy for you to drive my car. You know, but I, I look at the NFL, man. When the NFL looks at these situations, here's another dead man from an NFL player um, driving, drinking and driving. Well, Dante Starworth killed someone on South Beach about three years ago from drinking and driving. Uh, Leonard Little, he killed someone um, uh, while he was with the Rams. And both those guys end up coming back and playing in the NFL, signing additional contracts. So, I guess what I'm saying that even even when you kill someone from drinking and driving, you still got your job, and you still if you can play, you still have a job waiting for you in the NFL. It, it's not guaranteed that you're gonna um, you're gonna have a job. I, I think you just said the key word if you can play, but at the end of the day, this is something that those guys, I'm sure Leonard Lewis and uh, Stallworth, this is something that they live with every day of their life. It's something that you uh, you'll never forget. You know, you took another human being's life, whether it was on purpose or it was an accident. And you know, those guys they were suspended for a year, but you know that year and the fine, and even if they never come back to play in the NFL, it's not not going to bring back the person's life you know that's just something that they're going to have to make peace with god and, and hope that those families forgive them and, and we're talking about a young man jerry brown that uh that he's expecting a daughter in the next two months so now uh there's going to have to be some uh 
explaining to that young lady of why her father's not going to be around. But I'm sure as close as Josh, Josh Brand and Jerry Brown was, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Josh Brent's going to step up to the plate and he's going to take care of that girl, that daughter, like it's his. But it's still not going to take away from this tragic and, and fatal incident that happened this weekend. And, uh, you know, that that's just the lesson to all of these guys out there that's in the National Football League. You know, you have to be responsible. You have to make good decisions. And, and just think about the coaches. Just think about all the coaches in the meetings you've been in where the coaches tell you to, hey, make smart decisions when you have two, when you have time on your hands. And, you know, as a coach, you're just hoping that when, the, when that Saturday or that Sunday morning come that all of your guys are shows up for the meeting that there's been no incidents that you don't get any calls late at night and you know uh this is just a very unfortunate situation. You know, a couple of years ago, the Cowboys faced something similar in uh, Dwayne Goodrich when he hit uh, when he hit somebody on the highway and left the scene. And uh, th- there's just never nothing that's good that's going to come out of these situations when alcohol is involved. It's it's never good, and, you know. And I guess um, we have to be aware of this because this is the second weekend in a row that an NFL player has lost his life. And the more we hear about Javon Belcher and his story, um, and more things are gonna more layers of this story is gonna unravel and we'll start to hear more and more things. Um this week we've heard some things about um he was stopped by a police officer earlier in the morning, um, the night before he killed killed uh, his girlfriend. So I think um as we hear more things, it, it's it's kind of strange that the NFL continues to allow these things to happen when they know some of the situations that are going on in these young men's lives. And, and hey, man, and when we look at it and we see how physical this game is, we have to ask ourselves the question, wow, are these guys crazy to be out there doing what they're doing, playing as hard as they're playing, hitting as hard as they're hitting? But, hey, you know, and I, and I also read today that the NFL is going to give um, Javon Belch's daughter a million dollars. Now, I guess the question is, is a million dollars enough to to live a life without your parents? I don't think so. Uh, It's really uh, Javon, Mr. Belcher, he was was a vested player. And uh, any vested player uh, who passes their uh, wife or kids, there's a a program in place where for the first first four years, she's going to receive $9,000 a month. And then she'll start receiving $4,000 a month until she either graduates from high school or up until the age of 23 if she go to college. So this is nothing uh, just special for this young lady that they're doing. It's, it's something that uh, that happens for all NFL players. Now, what I'm cur- curious to see is, is uh, with Jerry Brown being a practice squad player, he just passed away. He has a two, he has a daughter that's two months from birth. Is there going to be something in place for her? And it goes back to just like all of these, uh, with the concussion lawsuits and everything, you have young men that play in the NFL that they're not vested. And a lot of these programs are not available to them because they, they're not vested. Jerry Brown was invested. Belcher was, uh, vested. So now, is, are the Cowboys or the NFL going to step up and do something for this unborn child? That's a good question, and I, I really hope they both um, stand up and do something. Hey, Sam, that's enough talk about um, about the gloomness of the NFL. And, but, you know, I, I guess if, 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 if this is such a serious, serious topic, I guess we really have to tell people, if you are going through something, 
and you really can't put your finger on it, talk to someone. Talk to a friend. Talk to a parent. Talk to an uncle. Talk to a neighbor. Whoever it is, let them know how you're feeling, and 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 let and true and truly be honest with them. You know, um, I, I I'm lucky to have a have a friend that I can talk to anytime about anything. You know what I mean? And uh, and and I and I and I use that shoulder to cry on from time to time. So man, I'm telling you, if anyone's out there that has anything that they're going through that they need someone to talk to. Don't be ashamed and don't think that you're not being a man if you can't suck it up or if something's bothering you to the point where you get to, to where you feel like you have to cry. You know, uh, crying is something wrong with crying, but if you feel like this is uncomfortable, find someone to talk to. There's nothing wrong with crying and, and not just for the men, for the women, Amen. everyone, kids. If, if you have a problem, you know, go talk to your pastor. If you can't talk to your pastor, go talk to your brother. If you don't have a brother, go find a friend. Like Daryl said, find someone that you can tell your problems to. And sometime after you cry, you feel so much better that you got all of that anger and that stress up out of your system. And, uh, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Uh, life is too precious to, to just keep everything in. Stress kills. And uh, it's just very unfortunate what happened this weekend. We'll be praying for both families, hoping that they can get through this. And when we come back from this break, we're going to get into the Heisman Trophy uh, debate. Should this young man, Johnny Football, have won the Heisman? And, again, you're listening to Sports Info UM, and we'll be right back after this break. America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids. Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Uh, this weekend, the Heisman Trophy voting for 2012 was final. Uh there was a lot of debate. Will it be Manti Teo of Notre Dame, Colin Klein of Kansas State, or Johnny Manziel of Texas A&M? And uh, to the surprise of no one, Johnny Manziel of Texas A&M became the winner of the Heisman Trophy. And as a freshman, he became the first freshman in Heisman, Heisman Trophy history to win the award. My thing with the Heisman Trophy uh, voting is there's two cases that really stick out in my mind. 1999, a young freshman quarterback by the name of Michael Vick from Virginia Tech had an outstanding season for uh, Virginia Tech. He completed 105 out of 181 passes for 58%, 2,065 yards, 13 touchdowns, and five interceptions. He led his team to the national championship game where they lost to Florida State. And uh, just a tremendous season by Mr. Vic. And also another case that really sticks out in my mind, the Vic uh, year was 1994, actually. In 1999, a freshman running back from the University of Oklahoma by the name of Adrian Peterson put together one of the best years ever for a running back, for a freshman running back. He had 339 carries for 1,925 yards and 15 touchdowns. He finished second behind Matt Leinart in the Heisman Trophy uh, voting. And uh, just my thing to the viewers and all of the listeners is... Yeah, well... You know, Sam, when you start talking about these freshmen, you know, it brings one to mind that I think about is Herschel Walker, probably one of the greatest running backs to ever play in the NFL. And uh, he played in the USFL before he came to the NFL. Something you might not even remember, Sam. But, but um, in 1980, man, Herschel Walker ran for 1,616 yards. Now, it, you know, he, it was no one close to him in, in um, that year. However... He didn't win the Heisman until his junior year, you know. Now Herschel Walker was probably one of the one of the most phenomenal players to ever play the game, and he, the reason he didn't win win the Heisman Trophy is because they didn't give it to freshman back then. You know what I mean? And I look at this kid Johnny Football. Is he making a statement for college football? Because if he is, he make he makes it look like college football doesn't have the players to represent the Heisman Trophy. You know, I understand he. he, he and, and to me, he's almost like a gimmick player, almost like a, a, a Tim Tebow. He He's not going to be a player that we're going to see in the National Football League on Sundays. He, As a matter of fact, he reminds me of your quarterback, uh, uh, Denard Robinson, a lot. You know, and we, we're not going to see him playing quarterback in the NFL on Sunday. You know, and, and, but at the same time, Colin Klein, 
he he's probably not going to be represented in the NFL either with that throwing motion that he has. So we're looking at two quarterbacks that run like running backs, but they could not line up in the backfield and play running back. Just because, you know, you win the Heisman Trophy, you have a great year. There's a lot of quarterbacks that, that has won the Heisman Trophy and, and wasn't great pro prospects, you know. And, and really, it shouldn't be about what you do or what you're projected to do at the next level in the NFL. Johnny Manziel, uh, to me, he's a better prospect than Tim Tebow, you know, uh, this this young man he can make he makes a lot of great throws he he he's more of a passer than Tim Tebow will ever be uh he he's blessed with a, a nice amount of speed uh I think he I think his skin pigments definitely help him and uh you know he he's played some big time football in in one of the best conferences in uh, college football the SEC not one of the best the best conference in college football uh, you know he has a couple more years to develop I really think we're What's going to hurt him in the NFL is his height. He's probably listed at six one, but uh, I, I think he's closer to six feet. Uh, and when you, to me, you can't compare him and Denard Robinson. I think he's a much better passer than Denard Robinson, but he he doesn't have the 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 one gift that Denard Robinson have. Denard Robinson can pick him up and put him down, and he can change directions. He, he's blessed with a tremendous amount of speed. That's what Denard Robinson can do. That's why Denard Robinson is being projected as as a second-round draft pick right now, if he can show that he can make the transition, there's probably going to be a team that's going to um, that might reach for him and take him in the first round, not as a quarterback, but maybe as a, a running back, receiver, wildcat type of guy. But I will say, Johnny Manziel, uh, he had a great year this year. Uh, congratulations for winning the Heisman Trophy. And another thing on that freshman, sometimes that freshman being listed as a freshman can be misunderstood. Johnny Manziel has been in college for 18 months. Johnny Manziel had the benefit of red shirt and sitting out practicing and learning the system. Johnny Manziel is not a true freshman. He's not a guy that graduated from high school in June and uh, July, August and, and took two months and went to Texas A&M and learned the system and became the first true freshman to win um, the Heisman Trophy. Now, when you're talking about true freshman winning the Heisman Trophy, you know, in 1980, that would have been a tremendous feat if Herschel Walker would have been able to pull that off. But I really think that uh, in 1999 that uh, Adrian Peterson got robbed because he was a true freshman. When you put, when you rush for 1,925 yards and score 15 touchdowns for a big-time uh, program like Oklahoma, he finished second behind Matt Liner. Matt Liner had a, a great college career, and uh, he won one Heisman and lost one to Reggie Bush. But, uh, you know, I, I really think that Adrian Peterson got holes. And even in uh, 94 with Michael Vick, you know, Michael Vick, he was a redshirt freshman like Johnny Manziel. But uh, the one thing I will say – is uh about the Heisman uh voting process. It, I I really like it as a defensive player. You know Charles Woodson won it in 1997, and uh but now as a defensive player, this is a, this is a an award that you can say you have a realistic chance of winning when three of the top ten vote getters were defensive players, and uh two of them are from the SEC, and uh Javon Clowney and uh Jarvis Jones of Georgia. And Man Tateo, the linebacker, the great linebacker from Notre Dame, finished second in the voting process. You know, and and, and deservingly so. I really thought Man Tateo had a shot at winning the Heisman Trophy, and mainly because the competition was not so stiff. And he was he is definitely going to be the best player we're going to watch at the next level. Out of out of the three finalists, or yes, out of the out, three finalists, out of the three finalists, 
And out of the three finalists, Matai Teo is the one we're going to see playing on Sunday. Out of the three finalists, I, I could definitely say that he's the best pro prospect. But if you just look at this top ten, you got Marquise Lee from uh, Southern Cal that finished fourth. He's going to be a big-time pro prospect. You got Javon Clowney from uh, South Carolina that finished sixth in the uh, voting. And uh, he's only a he's a true sophomore. And you're talking about a possible potential number one pick in the um, – 2014 NFL draft and you got Jarvis Jones who's probably going to be a top 10 pick this year if he elects to leave after his junior year and uh those guys are defensive players and uh and, and to be honest Manti Teo had a great year for Notre Dame and uh the one thing I can tell you is uh when you win everybody's your friend and it don't matter you can you can kind of throw stats out the window because team success you're going to get recognized when your team is undefeated. You might not have the stats of some of the other guys, but you are definitely going to be rewarded at the end of the year if you're one of the defensive leaders. Manti Teo, I'm going to really say that he benefited a lot from playing on the number one team uh, in Notre Dame. And just going to a school like Notre Dame carries a lot of clout. Definitely. And, you know, um, this kid Braxton Miller, uh, out of Ohio State, you know, he received he received three first place votes for the Heisman Trophy, and he is definitely going to be on the on the um, list to watch for players next year for the Heisman Trophy race. As a matter of fact, he'll probably have um, a bigger stand than um, than Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel next year, because I think that, that Ohio State has something to prove. Urban Meyer is really going to try to do everything he can to have another undefeated season, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit, man, to see Ohio State and Braxton Miller uh, and at the, the top. The one thing we know about Urban Meyer, he will run a quarterback into the ground, and he do not care about developing them for the next level. So I, I can really see Braxton Miller statistically having a great year because Urban Meyer is going to get everything out of him that he can, and when he uses them up, he's going to find someone else so that he can do the same thing too. I agree, and hey, we've seen it happen here in person in the state of Florida. We have, you know, University of Florida is not far from us, and I was so happy to see Percy Harvin leave and go to the pros, man. I think it saved that kid's career, you know, because Urban Meyer ran him so much. I thought he was going to win the Heisman um, about four years ago, but we did see him run Tim Tebow into the ground, and now we see what Tim Tebow is capable of doing now. No development for the next level. And all he was was a, a serious runner and an average passer in, the, in college football at the University of Florida. I think Percy Harvin uh, really feel that he's still in college because Minnesota, they, they're really uh, taking advantage of his skill set and they're doing a lot of good things with him. They have in here, they, they have Percy returning kicks, uh, punts, uh, playing some running back. He's in a slot. But the one thing I can tell you, I don't think that there's a more dynamic player in the NFL than Percy Harvin. You're talking about a guy that's a jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. He, he is a, a, a great football player, and he's really making that transition look easy That uh, from college to the NFL. Uh, you know, he, he has a, a, a rare ability that when the ball – when the ball's in his hands, that he, he can just make magic happen. Uh, you know, it was kind of unfortunate that he was injured and he's out for the remainder of this year. He was in a contract year. But I tell you what, in the in the amount of games that he played in, he has really, really earned a new contract. And if the Vikings don't re-sign him, I promise you there's going to be 30 other teams that's going to line up and ask for his services. And it must be a beautiful position for him to be in right now where he's going to be able to actually bid his services around and take the highest bidder. 
you know, I, man. And right now, he's even injured and sitting on the bench, so he's not even going to really take a chance of getting too hurt. So I'm, I'm, and I'm pulling for Percy Harvin. I really like the guy, and I really enjoyed seeing him play here. He was the best quarterback at the University of Florida, best running back at the University of Florida, and the best receiver, all on the same team. So, man, I'm, I'm happy to see Percy Harvin do his thing, man. Hey, hey, go ahead. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we return, we're going to get into some of this NFL action and some of the stories. A couple guys have decided that they're going to throw their name into the NFL draft. Lattimore from South Carolina is close to announcing. We'll be right back after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Go pro, young man. Go pro. You know, uh, Lattimore says he's going pro, uh, Sam. University of South Carolina running back who was, uh, who, who suffered a serious injury early in the season this year has decided to, um, to take his, his, his show on the road, you know, to the pros. And, you know, I saw, uh, Willis McGahee from the University of Miami suffer a serious knee injury in the, uh, in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State where, um, you know, he, he, it took him a year to recover. With the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills still drafted him in the first round, and uh, you know, and when we look at Willis McGahee's career, man, he's had an awesome career in the NFL. Um, now he's with the Denver Broncos and still playing at a high level. 
So I, I, I only wish the best for um, Lattimore. I'm praying for him. I really want to see him do well. And if he could have something close to the career that we saw Willis McGahee have, that would be that would be something very special, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Mark Lattimore is definitely a big-time pro prospect. I don't know uh, how he compares to Willis McGahee uh, in their situation. is is very similar. Uh, I, I think Drew Rosenhaus did an outstanding job of selling Willis McGahee. Uh, and um, it has to give a lot of these NFL teams confidence in, in taking a guy that's injured that's a big-time pro prospect after watching a career that uh, Willis McGahee has had in the National Football League. He is still having a lot of success with the Denver Broncos. Uh, he's currently injured, but uh, that definitely has to help Lattimore. I'm, I'm kind of happy that he, he has decided to enter the draft because, you know, uh, the one thing about the NFL is they're they're going to have the best doctors that money can buy, and if if his knee checks out, and if a team says that oh maybe nine months down the road this young man is going to be one hundred percent healed, to me that's a risk worth taking in the third through fourth round where you can get a big time pro prospect. You don't have to have a lot of money invested in him. Uh, you just wish the young man the best of luck, especially after witnessing the the injury that he had. You know, when you think about uh, Lattimore's injury, he suffered a, a serious injury. But when you think about a kid like Tyron Matthew, Matthew who, uh, who's also injured. You know, he suffered a setback with uh, with drugs. And this young man is probably going to enter the NFL draft this year. And not I probably. Not probably. He, he has announced that he is Okay, well, he is entering the NFL draft this year. And with him entering the NFL draft this year, he'll definitely be drafted higher than Lattimore. And he's going to probably be an impact player right away. And with the support system in the NFL, if he can get in there and get his head right, man, we might be looking at a kid that someday is going to be a, a – um, I'm not going to give him the Hall of Fame, but I, I can see him maybe possibly someday being a pro bowler, special teams, or even a pro bowl defensive back. I don't see uh... – the Honey Badger going no higher than the sixth or seventh round. Yes, he is a tremendous talent. Just has too much baggage in his closet for um for him to be taken very high in the draft. Uh, another thing with the Honey Badger is uh, when when you look at his size and speed, he doesn't have some of the the numbers that 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 uh, that the NFL guys like to see. Is he a football player? Yes, but when you're undersized and a step too slow and has a and have a drug problem, you're a, a very high risk factor and you're a guy who normally drops to late in the NFL draft or maybe become a free agent because no one wants to touch him and invest a lot of money in him but if you can get him in the later rounds and he develops into a player then that's just a great pick for you you're patting yourself on the back and everybody's saying what a great job you did in evaluating this young man but for someone to reach on the honey badger early a to me, they're making a big mistake. Another guy who entered the NFL draft is Cal Jr. wide receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, he's six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. He's projected as the number one receiver prospect in the NFL draft. And this is another young man that uh, had a, a minor knee injury and missed some games. Uh, it, it's going to be very important when it comes time to pro days and to the NFL combine that these young men that has injury uh, questions that they go out and show that they're totally healthy and they can go out and run and cut and do the things necessary that's going to translate to them being successful at the next level.
Well, you know, one more thing about Matthew um, is with the with the way they have the salary set up for rookies now, it's not a big it's not a big risk. You know, before three years ago, um, when Tim Tebow signed his contract, it would have been a big risk to sign a rookie in the first round or even in the second or third round that with that came with some risk. Well, with with the way they have the, the salary set up now, man, it's, they're they're not losing a lot of money to take a player like him, and somebody's probably going to be looking at him saying, "Hey, if I don't take him, and the Giants do take him, or the Ravens take him, I'm going to be I'm going to be missing out twice, once for not taking him, and once when he's intercepting the ball running out sideline for a touchdown on the other team that did take him. So I think somebody's probably going to take a chance on him." Um, I, I just, I just really do. You know, man, we look at people like Pac-Man Jones, man. He's still in the league, you know, and playing at, at a pretty high level. You know what I'm saying? Man, man, hey, Ray Lewis killed someone, man. You know, or he didn't kill someone, but he was there. And he, he was, was accused he, he was a part of killing of, someone. And, well, not, not, okay, well, he was a part of someone dying. You know, we talk about these guys that are killing people in their cars in Rolls Royce, um, um, the, the vehicular uh, manslaughter cases. So when we think about that, and we think about this kid here may have um, may have may have smoked a couple of joints behind the building, I just can't see him not getting a shot at uh, playing at a high, playing for an NFL team. I don't see him going past the, past the fifth round in the draft, Sam. It's just that, not enough talent out there to keep him back. That is still late for a guy who was projected as a first-round draft pick. Think about it. You're going from a first-round, a second-round prospect to a fifth through seventh-round prospect. I'll give him third round. Uh, I'll take. I'll, I'll, I'll bring not, it up some. Not, not going to happen. Pac-Man Jones was 5'10". He had elite cover skills. He uh, had elite speed, something that uh, a 5'9", 180-pound uh, Terry Mathea, Honey Badger does not have. Uh, he's probably a four-five-five guy. You know, it, it's just not going to translate. Not, and and that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a great pro. I'm just saying that no one is going to reach in a first through third round pick on the Honey Badger when he has all of these problems. And I hope the young man get a shot. It don't matter where you get drafted. He can be a free agent because at the end of the day, he's going to have the opportunity to go to somebody's training camp and make his mark on the football team. I agree, and I, as a matter of fact, I, I'll still say he's going to be a third-round pickup. Better, you know, I, it brings to my attention this guy Ray Ray Armstrong from University of Miami. Um, Coach Al Golden asked him not to come back to the team this year. You know, Ray Ray refused to transfer to a um, to a, uh, a smaller division school so he could play this year. Matter of fact, he set out the whole season. I'm almost sure that Ray Ray Armstrong is going to enter the NFL draft if he has not already entered the NFL draft or made himself eligible for the NFL draft. This young man, he's about 6'2", uh, 210 pounds. He's a, a, a big-time safety, big-time hitter. I just can't see him being held back. But because of some of the things that um, that he's gone through through the university with the uh, – um, maybe the, the Shapiro situation had a little bit to do with him. Uh, apparently he talked to an agent or his girlfriend's dad was an agent. So he, he has some situations. But I don't see that stopping him from possibly being drafted as well, man. I mean, talent rises to the top, Sam. And when these guys are talented, you know, their services are needed. That's like Bryce, that's 
like uh, Bryce Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, there, there you there's go. no that there's no doubt that the NFL they're going to do their homework. They're going to look at these guys. But the thing is, they're getting these guys for crackhead prices, and you know that's what separates the great teams from the okay teams, the guys who are willing to take a chance on some of these prospects. The Eagles took a, a chance on Bryce Brown late in the draft. What is he, sixth, seventh-round draft pick? McCoy's out, and this guy's running like a stud. They didn't really miss McCoy at all. You know, Ray Ray Armstrong, man, he's going to get a shot to play at the next level. What is he going to get drafted high, as high as he would have got drafted if he was still uh, – playing for the University of Miami and, and ensuring that he's an elite prospect. I tell you one thing that's going to work in his, uh, benef- in his, uh, for his, to his benefit is that he's coming from a school that has produced some of the best safeties that the NFL has seen. Ed Reed, uh, Sean Taylor, you know, some guys that have played and made their mark on the game. But uh, at, at the end of the day, he's going to have to answer a lot of character questions. Hey, I hope it work out for all of these young men. I, I really do too, and you know, uh, man, if if all of us if we got judged by the things we do at twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three years old, man, it's a lot of decisions we make at twenty two years old. We really have no control of. I mean, we <laughs> we just really have no control of. We 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 run about we. Man, women can make us do some of the stupidest things in the world at 22 years old. Relationships alone can make people do really crazy things at the, in, in their early 20s. So I just can't, I, I just really hate to see a person like, like the Honey Badger, um, his career is basically um, just thrown away because he did something stupid in, at 21 years old or 22 years old. He's you know, going to have, have a chance to write the ending script to his story. Uh, hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these exciting football games that happened yesterday. And also, if you're around the TV, check out Tom Brady and the New England Patriots take on the Houston Texans. We'll be right back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. 
just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, yesterday, Sam, man, we had some wild games in the NFL. Um... You know, I guess one one of them that really caught my eye was Russell Wilson beat the St. Louis, uh, not St. Louis, but the Arizona Cardinals, fifty eight zero. You know, you lose fifty eight zero, man. You almost need to lose your job. Hey, uh, to just an embarrassment for the uh, Arizona Cardinals organization. Uh, uh, just talking about a team that started off four and zero and has lost nine consecutive games. They can they do not have a quarterback that can get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. They're a, a guy that they committed $120 million to. Uh you know, it, it was just an embarrassment, man. And and uh, you know Marshawn Lynch, he he had eleven carries, 128 yards and three touchdowns. Robert Turbin, uh, the backup running back, had 20 carries for 108 yards. And, uh, you know, Matt Flynn, the, the high-priced backup from the Packers, got a chance to play yesterday, completed five or nine passes for 68 yards, man. But when, when you turn the ball over eight times and let a team just pound you, uh, it, it's, a, it's a terrible thing. It, it's, I'm sure the NFL is not happy with that, Sean. To get beat 58 zip, that don't happen. That happens in high school, not the NFL. And, you know, and, it's, and the saddest part about it, man, is that the quarterback only threw the ball 13 times for the Seattle Seahawks. That's, 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 that's ridiculous, man. 13 times for 148 yards and one TD. Man, they just ground and pound, ground and pound the Cardinals. And you, and I guess, you know, uh, Wizard Hunt has to be thinking. His job has to be on the line. Has to be. 58-0. It just don't happen in the NFL, man. You know, and I guess uh, that... One of the games yesterday that was just probably one of the most exciting games was the uh, the Baltimore Washington game. You know, I mean, you know, when you think about RG three, I've, I've said this enough times, Sam. I'm really concerned about him running the ball. I mean, and we, when we look at a lot of these new quarterbacks coming into the league, some of them are coming into the league as runners. Um, um, Robert Griffin is coming into the league as a as a very very good passer. However, he has a history of running the ball, having explosive runs, 40, 50, 60 yards or better sometimes. But what comes with those plays, man, is anticipation of run. And when you have, when you have these defensive linemen anticipating run, they come up and make an effort to hit you as hard as they can. And some of these guys, man, are catching hits from behind, blindside hits. You know, that one that Robert Griffin caught yesterday, it was one he didn't see. If he had saw that lick coming, if he had saw um, the the player the defend, defensive uh, lineman coming, if just a little bit of uh, um, peripheral in his peripheral vision, I think he would have been able to elude it, or maybe not been such a solid lit. But man, we have to be prepared to see these quarterbacks going down like this because when they cross the line of scrimmage, they They're are running backs. running backs. 
They are running backs. Uh, you know, Robert Griffin, uh, he's a big time talent. I, I really feel that his coach is doing everything in his power to save his job. So if that means putting Robert Griffin in harm's way, he's going to put him in harm's way because, you know, Shanahan, Shanahan hasn't had the, the, the greatest amount of success with the Washington Redskins. It, it was definitely a great game yesterday. The Ravens scored 21 points in the first half, and then they kind of for, forgot how to play offense. And with by them forgetting how to play offense, it has cost one of the great offensive minds in all of football, Cam Cameron, his job. He was uh, fired today uh, by Coach Harbaugh. I'm sure that was a very tough decision that he had to make. Uh, Coach Harbaugh and Cam Cameron, uh, they were friends first and foremost, but when you're in a position of leadership, you have to make those tough calls. Coach Caldwell, the Peyton Manning's old quarterback coach from the Indianapolis coach and uh, the guy who replaced Tony Dungy is going to step up and be the uh, offensive coordinator for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So we wish Coach Caldwell the best of luck. Uh, And, again, exciting game. RG3, he just has to be smart. You know, sometimes a play is going to break down, and as a scrambling quarterback, a guy that has the ability to elude the pass rush and make plays with his feet, you're going to put yourself at risk. Uh, but, you know, the thing that's really putting RG3 at risk is a lot of the, the the called quarterback runs. You know, you're not going to see Peyton Manning and the Tom Brady running uh, quarterback zone reads and running quarterback powers. Another thing that uh, I really uh, take issue with is uh, I, I don't think that Belichick or uh, Coach Fox would have sent Tom Brady or Peyton Manning back into the game after sitting out one play after taking a hit like that. You know, to me, that's a guy that's trying to save his own backside and uh, he's going to ride RG3 until the wheels fall off. And uh, when the wheels fall off, he's going to have a fresh Kirk Cousins that he's going to install. I just really don't see this young man surviving three or four years if he continue to play at this at this pace. I, I would have to agree with you, Sam, and you're right. You don't see Eli Manning running the ball like that. You don't see them setting up Peyton Manning to run pat, to run, to run the zone read. But this is a very effective play in the NFL, and the NFL just has not caught up to Robert Griffin yet. However, every week, not every week, but from time to time this season, we've seen him take some ferocious licks and got up and been able to come back maybe the next week or in a couple of weeks. I don't see this young man being able to last a couple more seasons going through this. And, and he's an athlete, man. If he has a knee injury or, or suffers an ACL or a serious injury like that, he will never be the same player. He will be just another NFL quarterback. Right now, he's a super quarterback because this kid has super speed. He has a stride that's out of this world. He, he's a phenomenal player. But once they start having injuries, it makes them a little bit slower, a little bit more susceptible to bigger hits. So, man, I'm I'm really concerned about him playing for the Redskins, man. I'm going to have to eject on that uh, if he gets hurt. You know, he's already had an ACL injury before in 2009, and he has really he rebounded from that. And and just another case, the way the doctors are now, look at Adrian Peterson, man, and the job that he's doing coming off an ACL injury. So, you know, worst-case scenario, you're going to lose him for a year. He might lose a little of that explosiveness. But the way guys are rehabbing, down and training even if it if it was an ACL thank God it wasn't I, I think that this young man can bounce back he just need to be in a more quarterback friendly system because the one thing he can do is he can read defenses he can throw the football so allow him to be special but uh, it, it really 
really rubbed me the wrong way when I saw him out there limping and uh, just struggling to make throws. But that, that's a warrior. That's a guy that's just competing and want to do everything <laughs> he can to win. But eventually he tapped out, man. But, you know, and again, uh, all I can think is is that they wouldn't have not have sent Peyton Manning or Tom Brady out there. Do you think they would have sent Kirk Cousins back? Yes, but not Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. That is your franchise. Another issue I have with the Washington Redskins, when you take the young man number one overall, you don't need a quarterback in the third round. To me, that was a red flag, and I said it during the draft. Hey, another game, man. Um, New Orleans Saints just got taxed by the uh, the New York Giants yesterday. 52-27. David Wilson, um, he had an outstanding overall game from a return aspect and running the ball. He set a new franchise record for yards, 327 all-purpose yards, and just a shellacking. Of you know, I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for this young man to um, to have a breakout game. Uh, he had some he had some good good runs and some good plays early in the season. Uh, he got hurt, fumbled a couple times, got in Tom Coughlin's doghouse. But man, he had an awesome career at, at Virginia Tech. Uh, he did it all. You know, he 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 could throw the ball, he could run the ball. Uh, he he was a, a super player at Virginia Tech, and it just didn't. Count kind of um, correlate to when he came into the NFL, but right now uh, he looked like he's looked like he's found his niche, and uh, he looked like he's going to be a special player for the Giants, man. And that's that's probably what they need to give Bradshaw just a little bit of a break because Bradshaw is not well, he's not a huge player, so he can't take a a lot of pounding, even though he's a very elusive and a very strong running back. But I, I really I really think that they found someone that's going to give be able to give him a little bit of a break. Hey, in another game, the Dallas Cowboys with heavy hearts rallied to beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-19 to yesterday. You're talking about guys that probably had a lot on their minds. Uh, it, it Just a great job for them of putting everything in perspective, going out and playing hard and, and getting that victory. Another score that I really want to mention before we leave, the Indianapolis coach, man. They're like the comeback kids, 27-23 to over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, the coach are sitting at 9-4, and it's really looking like they're going to make this playoffs, man. Yeah, and and deservingly so, man. I mean, Andrew Luck has had a had a pretty darn good season as a rookie, and they are really playing some serious football, man. I I, I look at them as um not just making the playoffs, but making the playoffs and doing some things because their defense is playing some serious some serious football as well, Sam. And before we go, guys, it was a Superman sighting yesterday. Cam Newton thirty, the Atlanta Falcons twenty. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.